welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today, I'm so excited that he agreed to do this. He's excited too, I can tell. He's the interim president of PPAI, Bob McLean. Thank you so much for taking the time. Kirby, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm honored that you would uh, have me part of spreading marketing joy. <laughs> That's the goal, right? That's the goal. Uh, yeah, I, I want to dig right in because obviously we talked. Your title's interim president of PPAI. Um, you've you've kind of jumped in and are filling the big shoes of Paul Bellantone, but yeah. you've been with PPAI for quite some time. It isn't like you know day one was just you rolling in. And, and so I'm curious to know in this new role, what has surprised you? Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you were in the room or in the building a lot. But now that this new role, what's surprised you? So I guess one of the things that's been the kind of a really big surprise, well, first of all, the amount of encouragement and well wishes I got from many of the members in the industry, either through Facebook or reaching out direct. I know Paul is an industry icon and we're all sad that he's leaving, including myself, right? But, you know, so I was a little afraid, like, oh, that's just Bob. He, Bob's not Paul and all that. And so I, I appreciate the fact that, that, you know, I got so many welcoming uh, messages and some words of encouragement and, and all that. So that was kind of a nice, pleasant surprise just right off the bat. And I just really appreciate all those well-wishers. The other thing, though, that struck me since that honeymoon phase has passed, I'm not getting those anymore, <laughs> just the amount of time that I spend doing interviews like this or talking to members or coordinating things with staff. There's just, you know, I've, I've been a very hands-on executive, almost, almost to an individual contributor level in the past, right? Where I, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, I was, I'm the chief financial officer, right? I write papers, I review things, I look at journal entry and all that stuff, very hands-on. In this role, I was spending a lot of time just talking to people, meeting with committee members, just so the amount of time that has been taken up doing those things, which are really important to the job itself, you know, to the position, has been something that is kind of a surprise to me. It's something that I'm not used to doing. Mm -hmm. I'm a finance guy. I'm not really outspoken and all that. So it's also been a little bit stressful for me to do this, but I enjoy it. I love reaching out to members. I love hearing the good and bad that, that the association is doing and their opinion. And, you know, we're happy to try to be responsive to you know, whatever we hear from. So that's been kind of the biggest surprise for me is just how much time I'm spending. I don't want to say not doing work, but, you know, not hands-on doing something, right? Right. So. It's a different kind of work, right? It's, right. I, you know, it's interesting. I, when, when this transition was made, I was actually, I know it's going to be a challenging time just because of COVID and all that stuff from a financial perspective for the association. And so it made sense, a ton of sense to me um, that someone with a financial background would be, uh, kind of captaining the ship. And so I was really excited to hear that you'd taken on the role, but I, I, I do understand that there's gotta be, uh, you know, you being willing to stretch outside of your comfort zone to do some of these other things. So I appreciate you doing that. Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I'm never, I'll never be a Paul Ballantone. I never have that visibility. And, and, and I feel like over the first couple of months that I have an obligation to kind of get out in front of people, mm -hmm. but we have a great, depth of skill within our organization. We have really some outstanding professionals and it's, it's my kind of goal is to get that 
group out into the industry more. I think, you know, Paul played a role. He was the face of the industry to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. We needed that at the time we were going with the power of two and all that. But now I think it's really important for our members to see during these next year or two, the depth and the power of the association itself. So I'd love to see our directors and our VP of business development, Alan Peterson, you know, be a little more visible in the industry so that, that, you know, there's, there's some comfort throughout the industry that PPAI will continue without Paul Bellantown. They'll continue without Bob McLean. We'll just, we're going to continue. We're going to continue to do good work. So I think it's really important going forward that we see more of PPAI staff out in the marketplace and, and less of a figurehead. Right. So that's, I think that's, that's the time for the association right now. That's cool. Okay. Well, I want to get to kind of dig in a little bit with you uh, this next question. So who's been your best teacher or mentor uh, and what was a lesson that they taught with taught you that sort of stuck with you? So that was, that was a tough, tough one to think about is, you know, so, you know, going through my career, I never had formal mentorship programs right. or, even talk about mentors when I, you know, entered the workforce. So, um, and I've been fortunate that I've worked with some really outstanding supervisors and bosses, including Paul Bellantone, who I think was just an exceptional boss and and we worked really extremely well together. But I want to harken back to my first kind of professional job outside of public accounting. So I started my career as public accounting and I got hired by a chief financial officer of the aviation division of Rider Systems, which is a Fortune 500 company. And, and back in the day, they actually owned the aviation division. And we bought and sold aircraft, aircraft parts, you know, um, and we bought airplanes, tore them down and sold the parts. So we're kind of like, you know, we're in the aviation industry. And so this guy was a, just a grizzled veteran and I was in my mid twenties. He was chain smoking. I mean, you smoked at your desk. He had a big old ashtray. <laughs> and he just really walked me through because I was young. I got hired into it as a finance person, not an accountant. For those of you that aren't familiar, there's a different, there's a different role of accounting versus finance. So I was in the finance side, which was a lot of, you know, modeling and present value cash flows and all sorts of stuff like that that I wasn't all that familiar with because I was at that time, I was an accountant, a CPA. And he encouraged me to embrace finance, to go out and get my MBA in finance, which I did while working for him. And so, you know, he helped me kind of twist, turn my career from pure accounting to finance, which I think made me more well-rounded. But then he also gave me exposure to the executives at the Rider System corporate headquarters in Miami. And actually in my mid twenties, I actually went appeared in front of the board of directors of Rider Systems, a Fortune 500 company, and made a presentation on a multiple aircraft lease to a major commercial airline. So we had some aircraft that were coming off lease that we were going to lease to them. And I actually got to get in front of the the board of directors of Rider System, which is pretty heady stuff when you're in your 20s. And he kind of gave me the confidence to go out and be more than what I was. So it wasn't exactly what he taught me to do specifically, but more about the encouragement to do that. Mm-hmm. And then really through the rest of my career, I've continued to, to change. I went into finance and then I had operations roles and I went into sales and business development roles. And, and now here I am, you know, at PPAI as the interim president. And, you know, if I, when I look back on my career, had I not started there with that gentleman, um, 
I wouldn't be where I am. I think I'd probably still be an accountant or a controller. Not that that's a bad role, but you know, uh, so that's when I think about, you know, who was kind of the mentor, the guy that put me on the trajectory to where I am today. I would say that first hire in Miami when I was in my mid twenties. That's cool. That's great. It is yeah. interesting how those folks can have such an impact on the trajectory of your career, trajectory of your life. So that's a really cool story. So I'm curious, kind of spinning it back forward to current day. Um, so what's another organization, uh, you know, outside of PPAI or another creator or another person um, that's doing good work that you're impressed with and why? <laughs> so I'm going to hedge a little bit here too. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> So recently, and, and it, I'm going to make a shameless plug for our PPB magazine and my first perspectives letter, you know, as the interim president, where I talk about what's our purpose. Yeah. And so what's really been resonating with me recently is companies that have a purpose beyond just profit motivation. And, you know, again, my background is accounting and finance. I grew up with you know, the share, everything you do is to benefit the shareholder. We never really consider stakeholders, right? All the people that benefit, whether it's your community, your staff, your vendors, you know, those kind of things. It's always been about how do we maximize shareholder return? Right. And as I've been getting more into corporate social responsibility and what's your purpose, I've been doing, you know, I've been doing some research that I talk about in this letter. And as and you brought this question up, I was kind of like, well, you know, who is it in our industry that's that's making a difference? And there are a ton of companies that are making a difference in this industry. So I'm going to apologize in advance to those that I'm not going to mention. But there's a handful that have always that have come up. You know, whether it's um, embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion, or sustainability, or give back programs, fair trade. There's several companies and some that that really have come to the forefront when I started asking questions that said, well, you need to go out to this company's website. So Jeremy Lott and Sanmar, right? They have been doing this for, you know, five, about five or six years. And I think they're one of the leaders in it. I went out to their website. They have a corporate responsibility webpage. That's a great source for people to go out and look at some of the things they're doing. Um, I think they're really doing a, a really nice job. They actually kind of put out an annual report that talks about how they're doing on their corporate social responsibility and they grade themselves, you know, and I saw somewhere like, yeah, I, we've achieved this and others where it's in progress and we're still working on it. So yeah. Sanmar, Jim Hagen from Sweden, um, you know, we, we featured him at the PPA Expo four or five years ago and what he's doing for the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah, They announced uh, in January, February of this year, he gave $100,000 to them. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's really incredible what they've done, their base camp product line yep. where a percentage of all their sales go to one and warrior project. Yep. I mean, that, that's phenomenal. And that's yep. not putting business profitability first, right? That's right. putting right. society at first. And so, you know, those are kind of some give back programs. And then recently I've been introduced to Denise Tashiro and Sarah White from Fairware up in Vancouver. Yep. Um, she works for, you know, they're a certified B Corp. And I didn't even know what a B Corp was. <laughs> B Corp was, you know, just basically a corporation, uh, you know. And, and so I've been out on their website looking what they're doing as far as um, sustainable products, ethical sourcing, green operations, taking DE&I to a whole new level. Yep. I mean, and they're, you know, 
they're they're doing good business. I mean, people yeah. are buying from them because it resonates with them. And I think that's so critical to us. And and you know, so the, and there, like I said, there's so many others that absolutely you know are doing that same thing. You know, I've I've talked to to Roger Burnett with Promo Cares. Yep. And you could go out to that website and there's a whole list of suppliers, you know, 40, 50 of them that are, you know, have some type of give back program or some, some um, charity that they're devoted to. You, our technology partner, Sage, right? You can actually do a search in there. Yes. And if you wanted to find, you know, just like it used to be, I want to find a union made product, made in America project. Well, you can do searches for give back companies. And so you can focus your purchasing and your supply chain on companies that are giving back or are providing sustainable or have some type of uh, certification for minority businesses, whether it's women owned or diverse or LGBTQ owned. I mean, there's certifications for all that. And I'm just learning this stuff. But to me, the thing that's really just amazing to me is it actually makes your company better. It's gonna make it more profitable. You know, I just I just read an article. I was looking up at Rider System, just, you know, trying to get a little history for this this interview. I was like, Rider System just added, or recently there was an article about they added their fourth women female board member, and that was a big deal for the state of Florida. That the Fortune 500 had four women on their board of directors. But then that article went on to say how board companies led by boards with, with that have a certain number of women on them are outperforming other companies that don't have women on their boards or don't have a fair representation. So it's kind of like, even if you went back to the shareholder value, yeah. diversity, equity, sustainability, corporate purpose, governance, it, it, it all absolutely dovetails. So yeah. again, I'm still learning. I, I'm, I'm just a novice in that. And I appreciate those that have taken some time to, to talk to me about all these initiatives, but those are the, the companies that are resonating with us. And this is, and I think PPAI, as the leader of the industry, needs to take a more visible role in espousing the values of corporate social responsibility. And we have a diversity and equity inclusion task force that's already started. And, you know, we're going to, I hope we get to do more things about corporate social responsibility, not only just embracing it as the association, but educating our members, right? And so that's what's impressing me right now, Kirby. So... You know, I, I think that I'm really excited about that answer. I think that's really cool. And I, I love sort of where you went with that. Um, so thank you. I, I was, you know, again, the folks that you are mentioning are the people that I admire as well. And I admire what they're doing. So kudos. You're doing great. I've got one more question for you. Uh, so you're, you're in this new role. I'm curious, sitting in the seat you're in, do you have any bold predictions for the next year? I mean, I don't think anybody would have made the predictions January of last year, but what are some bold predictions you see coming up? I'll start with a real bold prediction. They're going to name me the uh, selected permanent CEO and president. So, wow. You know, that's a prediction. It may or may not come true. <laughs> that's pretty bold. I love it. That's bold. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but normally I'm not so bold. So that that's kind of a, a joke. You know, we'll see if that happens or not. Either way, I, I love the industry. I love the association. I'm not going anywhere. Um my other not my other not so bold, not so frivolous um, prediction is we're going to all be together again in, in Vegas in January of 2022, right? <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm calling it the family reunion. Yeah. Ever since I joined this industry, they talk about how you know this is an industry we're a family. So in my mind, January 2022, 
everything going in the right direction, we're going to have a family reunion and expo, and it's going to be fantastic. So that's my bold prediction. That is a, that is a prediction I can get behind, my friend. I am really excited about that. You know, it's funny. I think it's the kind of thing you take for granted. We, you know, many of us, we went to Vegas every year to the point where, just like anything else, familiarity breeds contempt. So by the end, you're like a little bit tired of yeah. it. And we missed it last year. And I'm like, okay, when do we go back? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I love that one. Bob, I'm I'm so excited for you and I really appreciate it. I know you got a lot on your plate, but I appreciate you taking the time to do this and we will definitely do this again sometime. We'll take a look and see how those predictions turn out. Yeah, I hope to, uh, hope to do this again. I really enjoyed it, Kirby, and thank you for uh, asking me to join you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, congrats on the new role. Thank That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.